Hey everyone, hey and welcome back to yet another episode of Alpha Metallica, this is your host Tom Quee here. Today we are looking at King Nothing, which even die-hard load haters like myself have to secede slightly and admit that it is a pretty good song. I don't know how the guest feels, but we'll get to that shortly. Um, if you're new to the show, it is myself and a guest typically going through the entire back catalogue of Metallica, song by song, in alphabetical order. We are hitting the K's now, we are not even halfway through the alphabet, but we're uh, slowly getting there if you enjoy the show you want to give back to the show there's many ways you can do that you can follow us at metallica pod you can get in touch with me metallica pod at gmail.com um i'd love to hear correspondences always read them out on the show you know equally if you want to come on the show like today's guest we don't really have too much open what do we have open next we have the more i see which will be in about february and then we have now i want to sniff some glue which will be in about april and then from there we've got a few songs there pumping blood purify so yeah as you can tell we're skipping over a lot of letters there we've pretty much got all the m's all the o's all the l's covered as well got some great stuff um patreon patreon.com forward slash alpha metallica you want to give back to the show every single episode goes on there first but um as always it is myself and a guest and i was just saying before we were on an air this is a you know first time for me first australian guest had about 15 different countries on the show so far and uh, mike how's it going yeah, good, Tom. How are you? Thanks for having me. I'm very well. And, you know, the time zones mean that it's late here. It's early there. I appreciate you being very accommodating. But the thing that unites us all as human beings, Mike, is the love of Metallica, right? I mean, where did it start for you? Of course. Uh, yeah, look, it would have been, it was high school. Uh, I was uh, 13, 14 years old. And I think, like a lot of kids, you start to find your identity in the music that you listen to. And mm-hmm. uh, it was one of those things that... All the all the mates within high school were into different bands, and actually, my my band was Faith No More. Right. So I'm a, I'm a big Faith No More uh, fan, and my best friend was into Metallica, and I had another friend who was into Pantera, and you know it was you know they were the t-shirts we mm-hmm. wore when we oh, went yeah. out, and that's that was a part of our identity. But um, just I guess through just through spending a lot of time as you do when you're a kid spending all your time with your with your mates uh we listen to a lot of metallica and my introduction to metallica would have been the uh, live shit binge and purge series mm. we we lapped that up so you know actually i heard a lot of the songs live through that series before i heard the albums um but it would have been, and so live shit would have been after the Black album. That's right, isn't it? Yes, that's right. So I mean, yeah. we're covering a Load song today. So that was in real time for you. Do you, do you remember getting Load when it came out? Oh yeah, absolutely. We um, well, again, being that my best friend was the the huge, you know, the the big fan. His dad drove us to a store. Uh, the you know, the first way to get your hands on a record back in those days mm-hmm. was to actually obtain the physical record. And um, his dad drove us to a store late at night so we could be there for the midnight release. So it was a it was a Sunday night, and uh, and it was I can't, I, can't, I can't remember the day, but yeah, we were there for the midnight release of uh, of Load. And picked it up that night. That's crazy. And um, mm. beforehand, Triple J or that the, the big radio, Australian radio station they premiered the whole album a week before it came out. Yeah, and you know what? I mean. Um, it, I remember when they actually premiered until it sleeps and Metallica were on air and I, I did try and find this uh, this this uh, segment for you I, mm. I couldn't I don't know if it's out there somewhere but I remember it was Lars and James on air when they first premiered until it sleeps and a, a listener phoned in and actually uh, it, he, he asked me is that it 
Right. No, 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 yeah, man, that's it. He goes, is it all like that? <laughs> and they said, what, you think we're going to play the same song for 12 times over an album? And, right. um, yeah, the response on air when they premiered Until It Sleeps was actually pretty polarizing. It was <laughs> quite, I, I was quite shocking because I loved it. But, yeah, I, I still remember that Friday night that they uh, premiered the whole album the week before and we had the cassette tape out, recorded the entire, you know, of course. few hours. They they. they did a, a different track sort of every little while over the yeah. course of the whole evening but yeah we we did get through it all and comp- i think uh my mate even compiled a tape of cutting together all the yeah so we actually we we did get the album that week before nice which is pretty cool and yeah where do you where do you rank load in general in the pantheon of metallic realms just before we get to king nothing well, see, this is the thing for me, and I guess it has a lot to do with the music that I was listening to at the time. I Load, dare say, is my favourite album from right. Metallica. Yeah, and and look, I mean, I'm I'm probably not the best person to have on a Metallica podcast in general, but I'm certainly someone who can represent Load because I I love the album and mm-hmm. I I lo- I love Metallica and I they they almost feel like a different band when it comes to load and reload uh so i i dig the uh i dig the other albums uh as the core of metallica um not counting san anger of course or lulu mm-hmm. but uh yeah every everything else i would count as sort of one one part of metallica and the core part of metallica but load and reload were their their own beast and for me they were they were actually more within the realms of the music that i'm into so yeah yeah, and we're getting to King Nothing then, which, I mean, most people would feel starts off with that, that you know, I think Kirk's on, like, the 19th fret, that sort of needling dissonance that goes through there, you know, that goes through the first minute. But if you actually listen, and, you know, a, a lot of the time I like to sit down when I'm doing these episodes with the headphones on, really, you know, strain for the eaves of the song. And this mm-hmm. song is the fifth track on load, coming just after Until It Sleeps. And it has a sort of Sergeant Pepperness to it, where the tracks are seamlessly one into the other, where you can hear the final chord of Until It Sleeps at the start of King Nothing. I mean, it's just a minor yep. thing to point out, really, but I've always, I've always quite liked that. This whole intro of the song, Mike, where you have uh, that, that sort of wiry dissonance, as I said before, um, and then the bass coming in, and then the band building, and the hi-hats, and, and James chugging his guitar. I love the sound of his guitar on this song. It sounds like it's, mm-hmm. it sounds like the amp's made out of tire tread or something. It just has this sort of Tellurian aspect to it. I mean, it's a very exciting first minute or so, right? Man, the, the production, I mean, I, I love the production on load and reload mm. uh the, the the guitars sound look everything sound awesome and and i think that intro kirk's actually using a, a flanger yeah. uh, pedal which they don't of all the uh, effects i mean kirk loves his wire but they don't use a lot of flanger i don't know if it exists in previous the previous no. albums i was trying to i was trying to think about that but i couldn't think of one no it's very it's very anti-frash kind of effect so i can't imagine yeah yeah mm. Yeah, this, uh, and as it as it moves forward, it just you know I like the the bends that are happening as well. Very very bluesy. Uh, the chugging that is going down, but obviously King Nothing, if anything else, is built around that riff that Jason introduced. You know, it's a very sort of um, chromatic, typical thing that. I mean, almost, it's kind of similar, the start of it, to Ain't My Bitch. It's kind of following the same note path. But of course, oh, yeah. Yeah. But of course it has that has that shoulder barge, that dung, 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 which is just descending octave, so simple. But it just, it has so much swagger, doesn't it, the King Nothing riff? 
Yeah, well, and I mean, the other thing to point out is that uh, note-wise, it carries the exact same riffs as Enter Sandman. Yeah. And, um, I mean, we're jumping to the end in saying it, but look, the thing that made King Nothing stand out to me on the album was that a friend had said to me, I love how at the very end of the song you hear him say, off to Never Neverland. And I hadn't noticed that. So, of course, that afternoon I put the CD on and listened to that. And that's what sort of warmed me up to listening to King Nothing over and over. And um, mm. you can certainly hear that nod to Enter Sandman in the riff. Yeah, yeah. It's very Sandman. I mean, even in the, the lyrical elements, you know, King Midas, Sandman, they're both appealing to myths. And in the right, way that yeah. the riff builds up, and then you know, similarly in the Sandman song where we have the you know the prayer section, and in this song as well we have James almost doing the talking sort of bridge, and yeah, it does feel based on the bones of Sandman a hell of a lot. And yeah, I agree, I do love the sound of Load. I believe it was all half a step down as well, which just gives it a slightly different edge. But yeah, mm. the way the song moves forward, and um. You know what, what? What do you think of the um, the subject matter here, thematically? I'd heard through the grapevine this hadn't really been corroborated that there were certain you know when Metallica were touring with Guns and Roses, and this was aimed somewhat of the flagrant excesses of personality that can happen there. See, I'd, I'd never thought too much about the theme, and it was only in uh, preparing for this that I looked into it. And I mean, it, the premise—it's um, the premise of someone who's constantly desiring to be more or to have something or to uh to you know to be the king of something but then for it to all you know mean nothing and then it all crashes down i mean i think it's cool subject matter and the the lyrics actually hold pretty strong yeah yeah i agree i agree and Mm. um you know there's just and it plays well with the dual guitars as well like there's a lot of Mm -hmm. slide riffs from it's like a wow just going down the fretboard which which act as a nice antithesis um to james as he goes through and And have you seen the music video tom i have actually we covered it uh earlier when we did our little review of the videos i didn't mind it for me it was almost like a sort of boy band video where it's just like let's plonk the characters in a different location in this case sort of arctic tundras and um the guy was wearing sort of a Burger King crown, wasn't he? It, it wasn't bad. Right. Well, I mean, it does it does tie into the lyrics, and I think it, yeah. it it made sense to me that you know you see this guy struggling through the snow, picking up these crowns, discarding them, and at the very end, a whole bunch of kings yeah. come in. So basically, you know, the kings all become equal as such. I don't know that. I mean, I think the theme itself. I I was just reading that it was actually the same uh, director as the. Unforgiven and Unforgiven 2 video. Yes, yes it was, yeah. Um, and mm. it, that, that is a really cool shot at the end when all the kings descend on him. I do I do really like that. And James yeah. just, his vocal performance in this load era, like, wish I may, wish I might. Like, you know, he's having such fun with it. Uh, are you pacified mm. as well, which is a, a word you don't really hear James say. And all the wants you waste, all the things you've chased, I always like the guitar lines there, the way they're aping mm-hmm, James's mm-hmm. melodies. And there's just... Um, there's just a catch and release, really. When he's singing, crashes down, you break your crown, you point your finger. And, like, I have a memory of being maybe about 11 or 12 and singing that in the mirror of my bathroom and my mom's friend coming in, not really realizing who was in there. Horribly embarrassing moment, but I was just so in the <laughs> moment, you know. You're left with just a name, you know, just absolutely enchanced in that thing. Um, what, what are your thoughts on the, the, the solo from Kirk? Oh, man, I, I love it. I mean, it... it, it to a degree, it's quite simple. It still has a similar feel, again, to Enter Sandman. Yeah, it's almost it as though he bor- he borrowed the same sort of approach. But, you know, it, it kills it. It does exactly what it needs to do. Yeah, 
Yeah, it does. Yeah. It's sort of um, it's it's it sort of starts softly actually in Kirk playing mm-hmm. his sort of blues box phrases here and kind yeah. of playing yeah. on the, the 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 bridge riff as well. But I like I like when it just it pauses and then he just starts wigging out. He just starts getting the war on, going to town, and then when we go back into the base building and um, you know you know James saying careful what you wish for careful what you say uh, awesome awesome sequence really really enjoy this and it is like um, I don't even know if I could call this song metal I don't know if there's anything metal about it's, it feels quite almost post grunge alternative like very 96 you know yeah I mean it's certainly carrying that more that sort of bluesy yeah. uh, bluesy metal sort of vibe that they were yeah arriving at at the time yeah, for sure. Have you I, something else that really stood out to this for me is, is the exactly the tempo and that stomp and the uh, Lars is driving the drum beat in such a way that I remember again being a kid playing this on the you know on the headphones and walking down the street and if you walk in it's got such a good pace mm. to it you can actually sort of stomp down the street in time to it and because it's got so many pauses your feet land right on them <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah I mean I remember thinking it, it felt very cool as a teenage kid to be you know walking stomping down the street listening to King Nothing so true I guess two by four as well um, ain't yeah, my bitch yeah. they both inhabit those same areas and yeah I think the verse riff which again is a good example of something similar to Sad But True where the verse riff is like impossible to sing over you try singing the King Nothing Melody over this verse riff it's just so hard to do I was watching uh, Cunning Stunts recently and I think they also played it in, they played this song a hell of a lot of times and uh, mm. the Wish I May Wish I Might and just just it's kind of hard to sing the riff that he's playing, but it's very anti-ethical to, to his uh, his lyrical rhythms there from James. But again, this is James. Mm-hmm. He's a bloody master. And yet the song, you know, doesn't really outstay its welcome. It has quite a long intro. It's five and a half minutes, which is kind of the average load sort of track, like most of them are around this sort of time. And the song is very, very popular. I mean, it's been played 355 times by the band. Uh, it was played, debuted in June 9th, 96 in San Francisco, and then last played January 18th in Beijing, China in 2017. It hasn't been played for a little while now. We're coming up to two years mm-hmm. of making nothing. But I think this is something that, regardless of your of your creed you know where you come from on the metallica barometer i think most people fuck with king nothing mike yeah and i mean look it certainly doesn't have the uh that well we're talking about the pace moments ago mm-hmm. it, it certainly doesn't have the thrash of previous you know previous albums and previous songs but it it certainly holds up on its own as its own thing yeah it does it does and um, yeah. i mean i would have loved to have seen it uh, when I saw them in Birmingham, and I'm sure you know they will continue to play this song. It's a very accessible song, and again, it is that that, that just earworm of that riff. I think that main riff is is bloody excellent. It's that dung 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 dung. It's just that it's such a mm-hmm. genius uh, sustainer, such a great turn at the end of the song. And um, as always with uh, Alf Metallica open it up to you guys on the Twitter at Metallica Pod, which I pretty much always do. So yeah, follow us there and we always ask for your feedback on the songs. Uh, Pim Jickin says, of King Nothing, I first disliked this song because I thought it was a poor attempt to do another end to Sandman, but over time I came to love it because of how cool the main riff is. Uh, Luke saying, cool song, possibly Jason's most iconic bass line. Sean saying, one of my favourites, I was in high school in the mid-90s and I love that era of Metallica. Careful what you wish for, you just might get it. Yeah, very, very true. Uh, Steph saying, saying um what oh no sorry uh mti saying this is my gateway into metallica so i'll always be grateful for that reason the fact it's probably the best song on load doesn't hurt uh, mike do you agree this is the best song on load king nothing 
Oh man, it, it's certainly up there. I'm 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 a big fan of uh, Bleeding Me as well. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah, but I mean, it's it's certainly up there, ranking in the highest. Yeah, hero yep. hero of the day is there for me until it sleeps. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think those two yep. those two are in the mix. I I I you know. I, I'm a bit of a load hater. That's that's a, an admission of mine. But I do think the album's way stronger on its opening side. I think Ain't My Bitch, 2x4, even House That Jack Built, that I was ambivalent with until we did the episode mm-hmm. and actually quite liked that track. It's a pretty dope, like the first seven songs, Ain't My Bitch, 2x4, House of Jack Built, into, Until It Sleeps, King Nothing, Here of the Day, Bleeding Me. And then, I mean, yep. some people would say Cure. I'm, you know, I don't, I don't really care for Cure. But, but yeah, Bleeding Me um, is a great choice as well. Um, and then people were talking as well in the comments if J- if James or Jason wrote the bassline. And apparently in the demos, uh, James is playing the bassline, so James wrote it. Um, and mm. uh, yeah, that's all the feedback we got there at Metallica Pod. So again, if you want to follow us, you want to get back in touch with us, MetallicaPod at gmail.com. Any closing thoughts, Mike, about King Nothing? Nah, man, it just it. Just it rocks. It's, it it's, it's <laughs> it definitely yeah. It's definitely and I mean look, I I reached out to you. I just I just checked before. I reached out to you in December of uh, of last year. So I'm I'm just grateful I got in there early because it no. sounds like it is a more popular one. So yeah yeah no. Could... no definitely yeah. is yeah yeah. And that that's always a crazy thing when I get people on. Like I reached out to you like like you say yeah. It would have been like nine months after we spoke, and you're still <laughs> interested. So um, yeah, very grateful you were. Um, have you seen the band live at all? Yeah, I've I've seen them uh, I've seen them a few times. First time I saw them was the uh, the the Reload tour, which was the what Paul retouring me. Yeah, uh, and that was in Sydney. And I've seen them two other times after that. Death Magnetic, and there was a, a sound wave. There was a festival as well that I saw them at. So, yeah, a couple of rounds. Wow, was that in I'm the just, I'm, was that in the Opera House? I'm grateful house? that I saw them. Uh, no, it was the the old Entertainment Center. But I'm grateful I got to see them with with Jason Newstead as well. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So. Mm. The, just checking here, that would have been April third or fourth, ninety eight, at uh, the Sydney Entertainment uh, Centre. Is that right? Yep. yep yeah, that'd be the one. Crazy. Yeah. They. Um. I mean, they're huge everywhere, right? I mean, they're fucking massive in all countries. So, I mean, do they? They. They. They tend to hit. Have they hit Australia yet on the hard wide leg? No. And no. A, there, there was a comment from Lars at some point saying um, that they're overdue and they're gonna they're gonna make it out here. I think so. Yeah, we'll definitely be seeing them when they do. Um, what about uh, your favourite song of the band? Ah, uh, gee, I mean, I'd, if if someone were to ask me that out of nowhere, I would I would jump out and say King Nothing, which is why I think I yeah. reached out to you. So I think I'll I think I'll stay with that. But I mean, they've had such a diverse career that um, if I could answer to something else, it would be uh, Fade to Black. Mm. Oh my god, yeah, absolute classic. And yeah, listen to that the other day. Actually, still. Gives me goosebumps mm. every time I hear it. Yep. Yeah, it is a it is an incredible track. Um, what? Oh, we sort of said favorite albums. Load, right? Yeah, yeah. Yep. I'd I'd say load. Yep. What about top three then? What else would you put in that ranking? Uh, um, like I said, it's it's really difficult, mainly because I feel like they're almost different bands for Load and Reload, and mm-hmm. Load and Reload for me were part of an era. Um, but I would go back to Injustice and the Black Album. Because that, that's they were the two albums that I was listening to prior to Load. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yep. Favorite member of Metallica. I knew you were going to ask me that. <laughs> can I actually, even though he's not a member of the band, can I say Jason? Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, past or present. Yeah, I mean, people have said Cliff. Like, 
Mm. Yeah, I, look, I mean, when we saw them on that tour back in 98, we, we waited around out the back after the show and everyone stands at the gate, all the big the diehard fans wait at the gates for the band to come out and hopefully come by and, you know, at least sign some tickets or something. And yep. um, I remember James got straight in his in his car. Uh, I think Kirk, Kirk came out and did the same. Lars came out and gave everyone a wave but still took off. Yeah. And then Jason came out and walked over to the fence and gave everyone the time of day and signed, was signing tickets and whatever. And then my best mate, Lockie, was standing next to me and he, went, he just yelled, he said, Jason, Jason, I have to shake your hand. And Jason just stopped everything, looked him right in the eye and just gave him like that, you know, two seconds of absolute presence of like, just looked him in the eye, shook his hand and... I mean, it was just such a, a oh. humble and cool thing to do. And, yeah, we walked away and my mate was walking on air. Like, it was just, it was a cool. So, yeah, I have to say Jason for sure. That's so cool. That's such a cool thing to have happened. Yeah, what what, what a gentleman. And um, I guess finally, if you do a podcast like Alf Metallica, I mean, you do your you do a podcast, right? You do another podcast. I, I've just started a podcast with someone else, uh, and it's a it's a Faith No More podcast. Oh, okay. Well, there you go. Oh, that's fucking awesome, man. And I'm guessing yeah. there, were, there were no other Faith No More podcasts. There weren't, and no. um, it, it's funny because I mean their uh, their fan base is so diverse, yeah. and of all the countries, their home country of America is probably. I guess the least supportive of their career. Um, so I mean, they've got such an international audience. So you've got me here in Australia, and uh, the other guy is uh, Adrian Hart in uh, Geneva, in Switzerland. Which he incidentally, uh, Faith No More. There's just been a release of a biography um, called Small Victories, and Adrian Hart was a writer of that. So I reached out to him, just saying, "Do you know anybody?" And he said he'd be interested. So we haven't even it hasn't even gone online. We've recorded two episodes. And uh, we hope to have it up soon. It's called uh, Podcast Croissant. Hmm. Okay. In a, uh, in a nod to an old Faith No More release of I'm, Video I'm sh- Croissant. I'm so, sure it is. Yeah. 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 It went over my yeah. head. But yeah. Um, yeah, anyone out there, definitely definitely check that out. Send me the link as well and I'll um, promote that on the Twitter. Is there any other bands out of interest you do a podcast on? Oh, if I if I was going to do anything else, it'd be bands of that era. I'm yep. I'm a big Pearl Jam, oh, Soundgarden. Yeah. Oh no, I I want to yep. do a Soundgarden podcast after this Metallica podcast. That's probably mm-hmm. what I'm going to do mm-hmm. next. I think they deserve the deep dive. Yeah, just... well, I'll certainly touch base with you. Yeah, again yeah, yeah. That. No, please, please. I probably I probably <laughs> won't do an an alphabetical one just because it's almost too much work. Like I'm I'm planning on doing an episode of the show where I just rank all my favorite System of a Down songs in order for one episode. Cause like, I want to talk about the nice. band, but I don't want to, you know what I mean? I have a spare three years to go in, but um, yeah. yeah. So um, podcast croissant, definitely check that out guys. I'm sure if you listen to this in the future, there'll be many, many episodes deep. The, the only real faith and war song that I know that isn't the obvious one, they have this instrumental, right? Um, Woodpecker, Woodpeckers or something like that. Oh, uh, Woodpecker from Mars. Woodpecker yep. from Mars. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've encountered that a few times, and um, yeah, they're they're a fascinating band. Definitely need to listen to them. Um, as always, as well, follow us at MetallicaPod, MetallicaPod.gmail.com. Uh, we've got the Patreon there. Leave us a review on iTunes as well, please. That is greatly appreciated. Um, anything else you'd like to promo, Mike? 
Uh, no, if anything, uh, any Faith No More fans, please do uh, yeah. do jump across and check us out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that would be very cool. So, um, yeah, again, thank you, as always, guys, for listening. Really, really appreciate it. Go back and listen to all the other episodes that you haven't checked out yet. We've got cool, cool episode up next week. We've got Aiden coming back, who we did the Cunning Stunts episode with. Really, really good guy. And we're covering Leper Messiah. And then we're doing Little Dog uh, off Lulu. So we have a great fortnight ahead of us. But, um, Mike, thank you again, sir. Thank you, Tom. Cheers, mate.